Episode 30, Sex in the Bedroom. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And tonight we're going to be talking about your sex life and whether or not you can talk about it with each other. Right. Um, kind of a lot to... Uh, there's a, there, there, there's there's a, a lot, lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. So a lot to unpack. Before we, before we get to that, we always love to get you guys caught up on what happened this week with us. Yeah. And so uh, if you... Haven't listened to episode 29. Uh, Elise and I were having a little uh, knocking heads. We just weren't on the same page. And, you know, we spoke. Uh, when did we record? We recorded that on Monday night. And on Tuesday morning, we had the kids in uh, vacation Bible school. Woo-hoo. And, yeah, Elisa was loving it. And we took an hour of time on Tuesday morning. And we really had to sit down and talk about what was uh what was bothering us what was affecting us uh, a lot of this was about one and what one means to us right now and now that the book is out and what we're doing and what we want to do as we go forward um the responsibilities of each of us towards one mm-hmm. and so just it's been a, it's been a lot of uh, a time and dedication and we just feel we're being pulled in in many ways. And so we just had to sort of sit down and, and hash out what, what it was that needed to happen. And it was good. Yeah, it was intense. It was, it was a, it was a really good talk. I mean, it was one of those talks when, uh, I just, I hate them because you don't know what to say and you don't know how to start out. And you're just sort of looking at each other from across the table going, we were, we were sitting cornered. You know. I, yeah, I know, but you're still looking across the table or <laughs> across whatever you're doing. And you got to sit there and talk about this white elephant and discuss it and sort of work through it. And so um, it, it's just tough. It is tough. But it's amazing when you're focused, what you can accomplish in a short period of time. I mean, we really talked through because we were both focused on that because, you know, we talked last week that we were doing the state of the marriage where, you know, we knew the gist of what we were talking about, what the topic was going to be. And so we both came to, came to that time together. Right. Knowing that we were going to sit there and we were going to listen to each other and we were going to be open to the conversation. And we really talked through what we needed to talk through without, a lot of inflammatory statements, a lot of, you know, high emotions because we already knew we already, we came to it knowing what the topic was. So there wasn't any of this like, what do you mean high emotion? Like yelling and screaming and well, we don't yell and scream anyways, but there's still tension. Oh, I'm not saying there wasn't tension. I mean, you did your classic, uh, I think I'll shut down for a little bit here. I had to process. Yes. I was processing. I stayed in the room. Well, I know you're, I hope you stay in the room now. Yeah, well, you know, a few years ago, you couldn't say that. No, that, you know? this is very true. But I, I, I you, you sat through and I listened. I did get quiet, but that's that's also me processing and just kind of getting my thoughts together so that I'm prepared to, you know, back up and do whatever I say. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it just takes a little time to 
think through that stuff. Right. No, no. So I it was good. It, it was good. It, you know, uh, it's something that Elise and I encourage you guys to do when you get in these points or in these situations when you feel like there is a wall blocking you two from talking, from expressing what, or not expressing, but you're unable to to get out what you need. Mm-hmm. And you feel like maybe your spouse isn't listening to you, but you're also doing that around two or three kids and dinner and all that. We would really, really recommend that you guys put a time on the calendar and talk about what the subject is on or the subject matters are on before you do that because you both want to come to it with a knowledge and understanding of what you're going to discuss. And we really believe that by doing so, you get so much more done Mm -hmm. in such a quicker amount of time. I mean, think of it this way. Do you feel like you're more prepared when your boss comes to you a week ahead of time and goes, hey, we're going to have a meeting on such and such a date about this, or do you really appreciate it when your boss comes to you the day before and goes, oh, we have a huge meeting and this is what you need to talk about? What? Yeah. Same thing in our marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it helps when we have time and we understand. And the reality is sometimes, you know, in the day-to-day st- life, when everybody's going at crazy pace, you know, speed and pace, you don't get a chance. Right. that often to sit down and have the meeting of full conversations. And, and we know I mean, we mm-hmm. were going along pretty well up until I'd say, you know, beginning of June. Yeah. And then we just sort of, you know, a lot of stuff happened and we just kind of, you know, veered off the track. And I really right. feel, you know, since Tuesday. And, and, and I noticed we were having trouble with our intimacy lifestyle, uh-huh. really wanting to be engaged in that. Both of us wanting to be engaged in having sex. I mean, but it, we weren't there. We weren't there. Yeah. I mean, we would get there, but it was still a sort more of like effort than effort, it happened. Right. So, so that was Tuesday morning mm-hmm. and we had a um, counseling session with some folks on Tuesday evening. And, and the cool thing is we got the kids out of the house and we, we hop skipped and jumped over to our favorite sushi place for happy hour before our counseling session with a, a, a couple. And that, and that was fun. I mean, it was just, Gosh, everything was just laid out and we just had a fantastic, we had a fantastic, uh, evening Mm -hmm. having dinner. And then we had a fantastic conversation with this couple who's, uh, been struggling. Um, yeah, they just, they have some issues going on in their marriage right now. And, um, it was specifically pornography and, uh, you know, they're, they're working through it and, we actually received this beautiful thank you card for them this weekend to saying we can't express just how much your honesty and openness means to us. Just the fact that you really understand what we are going through seemed to let us take off our masks and really trust you both with our true feelings and emotions. We feel blessed that you could see our true love and dedication to each other in our marriage. We know that this is a real bump in the road, but are committed to the work that needs to be done. Thank you again. And God bless. Um, and this couple, you know what, it it is a bump in the road for them, Mm -hmm. but we sat with them and the love that they have for each other was so evident and the commitment that they have to making their marriage work, um, was, was awesome. It was awesome to see that, you know, not, 
not that things aren't still very raw and they're processing and dealing with the ramifications of pornography in their marriage, the emotion. but they are work- committed to working through it and working through it together. Yeah. And there are tears of laughter or tears of joy and tears of pain, pain all, all in the two hour session. Yeah. I mean, it and was just some, it was just amazing though to see, to see two folks that were just so remorseful. Mm-hmm. Um, so willing to give everything to God and to really look um, at him specifically at the sin and sins that he has done mm-hmm. towards his wife over a number of years and how um, he, he was just on fire for just giving it all up to the Lord. And she was sort of tentative, like, how does that happen? How does it just stop? And for many of you who have listened to episode seven on my pornography, it was interesting because she brought that up and like, how does that, how does a guy do that? Like, how is it one day? And then all of a sudden the light, you know, turns on and God's shining down in your heart and you got to just come clean. And the only way I could convey the message was for me was when I was sitting in my garage clicking through pornography about to masturbate when Elisa is in my living room, which is the wall between my garage and, and there that room with Alex, then two years old. And I said, it was at that moment that I don't know what it was, but God came and he spoke to me clearly that I was to turn off the computer, go inside, confess my sins to Elisa. And it was just a, a point in time in my life. And I told her was, it was just, it was not a, well, maybe I'll think about it. No, it was a, you need to do this right now. And I sort of sensed her going, okay, I I'm hearing this. I'm understanding you now. And it was an allowing her to then, um, what was what would be the word? Uh, allow her to understand her husband's sort of turn, right? And, and not not that you know by any means he is you know completely. You know they're still working through a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, but he he also takes complete blame. He he takes he takes he, responsibility. He takes complete yeah responsibility. Sorry about that. And uh, so you and, know, in any so case, we're, we're just we're excited for it was them. cool um and you know the what she said in that note about taking off their masks you guys have heard us talk about that numerous times but it was mm-hmm. amazing in that atmosphere that night how they were able to you know take off their masks and really be true about their feelings about their hurts about their past and talk through that mm-hmm. um, together. And, you know, we were honored to to be there with them and right. to be able to just talk through their situation with them as right. a couple who has already been down that road. Yeah. And if you're, if you're in a place right now where this is going on, where there's hurt, there's pain, maybe something has been brought up that you didn't know about, uh, Elise and I are here and we wholeheartedly 
suggest that you seek counseling through your church, maybe through another entity if you don't have a church or you don't uh, feel comfortable going to your church. But we just ask that you guys make a commitment to your marriage. And by doing that, you need to seek some help. Even just folks like us who just can sit there and listen and mediate a little bit and just sort of say, hey, this is what we've gone through or this is what we suggest. Is it right all the time? No. I'll tell you, most of the time when I go to counselors or coaches, uh, seminars, retreats, you know, if I get one golden nugget out of the thing, it's worth the price of admission. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the way we need to look at sometimes when we when we um, hire folks in that way. I think a lot of us want to go to a counselor or to a coach and we want them to solve all our problems. Unfortunately, they can't most of the time. But I think if you pick up something that you can really grab onto and it takes your marriage to the next level where you can come out of the depths of it and you're starting to swim again and you can start floating and then you can start really smiling and you're back up on top and you're, you know, surfing it. I think that's what you got to look towards. Well, and and the reality is, is that, you know, any type of counselor, any type of thing like that, uh, more guidance. I mean, they're not, you, you have to take the responsibility. You have to be the active participant in changing whatever the situation is. Mm -hmm. You know, they are there to listen. They are there to, you know, provide suggestions, but any type of counseling, any type of, therapy Mm -hmm. requires you to be active right nobody can fix your problems yeah but you and and that part of that's that personal accountability that we talk about and you know personal responsibility and that's that's where all of that comes into play so that was um that was tuesday so it was a long tuesday yeah tuesday had a lot packed into it and then and then luckily our kids our, our our sitter our daycare sitter who we have used for years and years was doing a sleepover, so we left the kids over there, and Elise and I had the house to ourselves. Praise God. Woohoo! And so that was beautiful. That also it? helped us get back on track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it did. So what else did we do this week? Well, you know, I want to talk about the kids going off the diving board. Oh, yeah. Our kids went off the diving board at the uh, community pool we, yesterday. We all went, um, on Saturday, we all went to the community pool. We got passes this summer now that the kids are old enough, and I don't have to panic every time they're by water. And um, Yeah. We, typically, I take the kids by myself during the week, when Tony's at work and you know, Alex is kind of been itching to go off the diving board, but with having Abby there by myself, I haven't felt comfortable besides when we go in the afternoon, there are lots and lots of teenagers there and I just didn't feel comfortable Well, on Saturday during family swim, hardly any teenagers. Um, and so Alex asked Tony, no dad, I want to go off the diving board. Mm-hmm. So they walk over there. Abby's whining about how life isn't fair because she's the younger sister. And I haven't said that she can go off the diving board yet. Cause I still think she's too little. And so the next thing I know, we look over and Tony is climbing up the high dive. And so I'm like, Abby, look, there's daddy on the high dive. And, you know, we can see Alex at the bottom of the ladder, just watching Tony climb up. And, and Tony walks all the way out to the end of the high dive. Yeah. And he looks down <laughs> and then he turns around and walks all the way back up the diving board and down the ladder. And then we see them go over to the, what are they called? The low dive? The, yeah. You got uh, a low dive and you got a high okay, dive. The low dive. I, you know. <laughs> You can, diving boards. Yeah, you can tell I don't do the diving board thing. And, you know, then they start going off and Alex is, you know, swimming. And then Abby's like, I want to go. I want to go. So we take her over there and she is just like crazy woman jumping off and swimming, you mm-hmm. know, this 12 foot deep water. And, and it was really interesting because then Alex kept 
going up the high dive and doing exactly what Tony did, walking to the end and then being like, no, I'm, I'm not quite ready for this. And he'd walk back down. Then he'd go off the low dive a few more times and attempt the high dive again. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about this earlier about how Tony's fear, and I'm going to call it fear because you were standing at the oh, edge. Oh, oh yeah, totally. I mean, I was like, I, I should be able to do this. It's like, but but ever since I fell off the rock when I was oh. rock climbing years ago, I, I took I a was tw- pregnant I, with yeah, Alex. I took a 20 foot whipper uh, lead climbing up off of a chimney rock in Idaho. Um, this is, yeah, Lisa was pregnant with Alex. Jeez. And ever since then, gosh, that was probably about this time of year. Yeah. I've had, no, I think it was like, it was a little August. bit later. I think it yeah. was like August cause it was getting cool up there. So probably like early September. Um, ever since then I have had this fear of heights. I do not know what it is. I mean, even like third class climbing, I remember doing some third class climbing. His hands are getting sweaty right now, guys, Jeez, as he's talking about this. I know. It's just, I don't like, so I got up to the, I, I mean, from the, uh, many of you know, I mean, from the, from the pool, you're looking up, you're like, oh, that's not that high. Come on. But you get up there and you're on the, you're on the edge of it and the wind is sort of blowing you a little <laughs> bit and I'm standing there and I'm going. Sweaty palms. Not, not sweaty palms, but I was just standing there and I'm going, oh, come on, come on. And then I'm just thinking, I just can't do this. So I'd like, like <laughs> <laughs> The, the lifeguard like those teenage lifeguards looking at me like oh geez come on old dude can you jump off the <laughs> can't jump off the high dive oh i felt old at that point in time in my life it's but, okay oh well what are you gonna do life life goes on so, so we can talk about the positive aspect of it yeah we can i mean alex did great i mean he he did he went up there a couple times and luckily the pool wasn't too crowded and the lifeguards were cool about it and you know he went up there and he 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 gave it a go and and didn't make it happen, but he just jumped back onto the low dive, and we just told him, "Hey, just keep on trying. When but, you when you when you're ready, you'll get up there." And I think it's you know I was telling Tony, I said it's kind of an interesting metaphor on life that you know here's this seven year old who really badly wants to mm-hmm. go off the. I mean, you can tell. I, yeah. I think he probably climbed that ladder seven times that day. Probably. And, I didn't uh, count. But well, it was no, a lot. but it was a lot. It, seemed like every other you know couple of dives he was trying yeah. to get until the teenagers started coming there and then i'm like okay you know what they're gonna give you a hard time if you keep blocking them keep blocking them but you know he's not giving up Mm-mm. he's scared of you know it's a risk for him right. it's a big risk and you know while he's not going up there on the first try and just diving right in he's not giving up right you know he keeps trying and i think you know how often would we, you know, how much more could we accomplish in life if we would kind of have that attitude of a seven-year-old who's like, okay, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure, but I'm going to keep trying this and I'm just going to build up my confidence little by little. And then one of these days, you know, I wouldn't guess if sometime this week he doesn't yep. end up going off the high dive, you know, or you, you know, you look at the, sorry, there's a button flying on me. You look at the four-year-old who just, you know, literally runs to the end of the diving board. And it's like, ah, you know, and, and you know, we lose, we lose a lot of that, um, inhibition. Yeah. As we get older and, you know, I look at our kids sometimes going, wow, you know, I wish I had that daring. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that ability to just, you wouldn't dump off that thing. I, I the diving board's a metaphor, honey. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> work with me here. I was uh, trying to make this a little philosophical, but okay, we'll just move to sex. Okay. You know. Did you want to read Anita's card? Yeah, actually, where did I put it? Right there. So if you haven't gotten our book stripped down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage, you can purchase it at our website, uh, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. We are going to be leading a seven-week small group podcast starting in August. Um, it'll probably be like mid-August. We're, we're not too sure of the dates. We got we to gotta look at the dates and everything. But for each week... So there are 13 keys and then there's a first chapter called what is intimacy. And so we're going to cover each chapter, two chapters each week for seven weeks. And what we really want to do with this is uh, just to share strip down with you guys mm-hmm. and to share w- how easy it is to facilitate a small group because Elisa and I have done this at our church and the impact it had on the five couples who joined us was amazing. Mm-hmm. And we really hope that, going through this small group podcast with us that many of you will facilitate your own small group at your church and, or your own community or your neighborhood and um, really reach out to couples who are, are in hurt or those that are just looking to make intimacy more of a priority. Maybe they're a little stagnant. No, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing painful going on in their marriage. It's just, they got two kids or they got three kids. They got jobs. They got this and they just need a little bit of a push. Yeah. They need a little nudge to get going. And we know many of you out there have done the seven days of sex challenge or considering it or did part of it Mm -hmm. or now are doing the lifestyle intimacy lifestyle. And you are a wealth of information and you are a light in your community and in your neighborhood and in your church. And we just hope that through this small group podcast that, uh, you'll you'll do a little bit more mm-hmm. so we uh we got this card this week from anita who has been a fan since practically the very beginning, beginning. i think she's one of, i think she was one of our first one fans of, one of our earliest fans and yeah, yeah, by anita. the way we hit 600 this week yes we Facebook did thank fans. you guys so yeah. thank you for sharing one extraordinary marriage with your friends on facebook and for um just getting the word out about what we're doing. We yeah. appreciate that. So this was just a sweet little card from Anita and said, it is so exciting to finally see stripped down in print. I'm so proud of you two for realizing your dream and vision to help other couples Strip down will be a wonderful summer read. And I look forward to reading it in, in its entirety in the book form. Thank you, Anita and Brian. So Anita, thank, thank you, you for all your support. Um, yeah. you have been instrumental in. um, you know, in encouraging us, you, you've been one of our biggest cheerleaders and, uh, we just, we appreciate you. Totally. And, um, totally you know, if, if you guys have things that you want to share with us, if you want to, you know, give us a call anytime, 858-876-5663. You can email us at askalisa at one extraordinary marriage.com or ask Tony at one extraordinary marriage.com. And you know, we are, we're here to take your comments. Yep. Um, you know, we, talk about something and you want to know more or you don't like what we say or you really like what we say let us know um we're happy to hear all of your feedback yep so sex, sex in the bedroom yes can you we talk have? about it we have it yes we do have sex in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> where were you going with it I, I was i was gonna start talking about whether or not people can talk about it yes okay go for it <laughs> Are we on the same page here? We are. Okay. Just checking. Um, this is something obviously 
we talked earlier just in this podcast that we were off track mm-hmm. for the last probably month. Um, and it just, it was one of those things that was just kind of snowballing. You well, know. it started after the seven days of sex. It did. Yeah. So that's you know, a it's month. been a month. Yeah. It's been a month. And you know, it was that elephant in the room where we're like, yeah, you know, we're a little bit off and it's very easy to, um, not let, pay attention to, not pay attention and, and to know it's there and it's something you got to talk about and something you got to deal with and, and to know that you have to fix it. Mm-hmm. But, know that we can relate to all of you that if you don't take matters into your own hands, it just kind of continues right. and those bad habits and pushing it to the side or not giving it your wholehearted efforts and energy. Mm-hmm. We're the first ones to tell you, you guys know that we never profess to be the perfect couple. You know, this last month was kind of evident uh, evidence of that in our own marriage. Right. And so we want to talk tonight about, are you able to talk about your sex life with each other? Well, and even more, I mean, there's a, there's a myriad of stuff that when, right. when we started talking about this, where my mind was going with this podcast. And one of them was positions. Can you talk about your sexual desires, sexual positions that you desire? Can you talk to your husband or your wife about, hey, if you put your hand here or there, that really turns me on or off. Um, and, and so there's, there's, there's that aspect of it. But then I, I'm, I'm reading a book uh, called Finishing Strong by Steve Farrar. Farrar? F-A-R-R-A-R? We'll have the link on the website. All right. Um, and it, it really started going into some stuff about pornography um soft porn you know what i'm gonna read this read that quote i'm gonna read this piece from the book because i think this is where i really want to talk about man all right i'm gonna just read this and you guys let me know what you think let me ask you a question now this is from his book um again finishing strong let me ask you a question are there any other wives in your life It's amazing how many Christian guys have more than one wife. Does that surprise you? It shouldn't. Unfortunately, it happens all the time. And I think here you can put husband or wife. Because as we have come to learn, there are many women, about 20 plus percent women who are also viewing pornography. Okay. It's not uncommon uncommon to meet a Christian man who is a polygamist. His first wife is Sarah. His second is pornography. His third is soft porn movies when he's traveling. And his fourth is calling sexually explicit 900 numbers. We don't think of those activities as other wives, but that's what they are. Kings would collect wives like toys, and it's still happening thousands of years later. And that really hit me. Because when I was in the dumps, and not having a, an awesome sexual intimate relationship with Elisa, I had many wives. I didn't think of them as wives. I just thought of it as pornography or the long, long glance at a good looking woman who was walking down the street. Um, so there's, there's all this stuff that comes up that now looking back, I realize was truly affecting 
the intimacy Elisa and I had in our bedroom, which made it very, very tough for us to talk in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's sort of like the sex in the bedroom. What? Gosh, I, I, there's a lot going on in my head. I, I'm trying to make it all flow and I can't because it's it's that's one part of it. But the other part of it is, okay, we want to have, we, we have desires to be sexually intimate with our spouse. We have desires to do different positions and not just the missionary position, folks. I mean, we all know how to do that position. It gets old. It gets boring. It gets plain just boring. Uh, do you agree sometimes with that? I, I do, but I would make the caveat that that's in our marriage. I, okay. Okay. I, I mean, before... I, I've heard from other guys, though. It's, it's sort of like it's the same thing, same place. And so because they can't speak up or they feel funky about speaking up about different positions in the bedroom, they go other places. Okay. I mean, you would... You can speak from the guy perspective. I okay. You know, do I, your female friends talk about positions? N- not really. It's just it's all good. No, I'm not saying it's all good. Okay. I, I, I think I think men and women talk about sex differently. Understand? I, I, that I mean I don't. But know. What I don't, a, what I don't a, sit what, around talking. But about what the a guys. woman? Sit, but what a what a what a woman just sit there and go? It was the same thing again and again. I just lay there and it's no, it's not fun. Or it, I won't yeah. say it's not okay. I, I mean, I think I think that happens a lot. Okay. I think I mean, I think you know part of part of this conversation tonight is saying you know what you need to be discussing your sex life with your spouse. You, you, well, and that's and that's sort of the part where it's sort of like okay, the guy is going other places because there's there's not an open communication in the bedroom right. where desires can be talked about. And I'm sorry to say, but. If you can't talk about blowjobs and going down on your spouse, you need to start thinking about that because that is what God has made for us to have in the bedroom. I mean, God wants us to be sexually active together, but if we're not talking about those desires, why are you laughing and smiling? (laughs) Cause I, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Because if God wants us to have a good time in the bedroom, having sex in the bedroom, you think we got to discuss this. Agreed. Because if not, then I think that's where a lot of people are failing and they're not, I don't want to say failing, but they're stumbling and they're going to other avenues. Because they can't discuss it with their spouse. Because they can't discuss it with their spouse. And so, if we believe that we have everything we need as followers of Christ, right? We are filled with the Holy Spirit, and God has created sex. Then we should be able to talk about sex with our spouse. Yes. I mean, there's a whole book in the Bible on it. Well, yeah, I know there's a whole book. And, And even in Genesis, right here, Genesis 2... Genesis 2:25 Now although Adam and his wife were both naked neither of them felt any shame Now that's in chapter 2 we know a couple chapters later they eat the apple and what do they do They get fig leaves and they cover themselves their shame But if we're married 
I think we can set our hopes on the foundation of Christ that there is no shame. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm like, it sounds like you're adding something to that. So that's why I didn't comment. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm just, a lot of this just comes to the point of, well, some people aren't comfortable with themselves and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's where, that's where a lot of this lack of communication comes from because people have trouble discussing things that they're not comfortable with. And I I agree that this should be the relationship. That's why we're talking about it. Right. I'm just saying this should be the fundamental relationship that allows for this to be a safe conversation. Right. It should be. But that's not always the case because you and I both know that there are husbands and wives out there that judge each other, be it on their physical appearance, be it, you know, and there are men and women judging themselves and say, you know, so there's the physical thing that's going on. There are couples that are in relationships that are not healthy. And so there is negative emotions and language bantered about. We can't cover the whole gamut here, babe. No, but I'm just saying. I understand that. Okay. But I'm saying people that aren't... I can't cover the whole gamut. Right. But people that aren't comfortable with themselves are going to have trouble discussing this, discussing sex. Because if you're not comfortable with who you are, being intimate with another person is a really difficult thing. And even in a married situation. I understand that. Okay. But if you don't work towards getting over that, you're never going to get over it either. True. So you got to get out out of your own way and figure out how to start talking about it. Because as the book talked about in Finishing Strong, guys can have numerous wives. Mm-hmm. And I feel a big part of that is because the desires or the discussion isn't even being had. So it's easier to go somewhere else to get something else done to satisfy themselves than to be willing to talk to their spouse about it. So what's your solution? Well, I don't know. You've identified the problem. (laughs) I understand. I've identified the problem. My solution is that you got to start taking baby steps towards that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a big, oh my gosh, revelation. All of a sudden you're going from missionary every single time to doing a different crazy old position every Mm -hmm. single time. I think it takes steps to get to there. One of the biggest things that we did for us is that, and we've discussed this before, is that we bought um, the joy of sex. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, as a guy who has looked at pornography extensively over my lifetime and not at all for the last five plus years, um, the joy of sex, in my opinion, is pretty darn safe. It's cartoon character type, not cartoon character, but cartoon sketches. sketches. So I do however, not. However, if you are a guy and you are just getting away from pornography or have started your journey down pornography, I would suggest that you don't go down that path because it may trip you up. And so I don't want, I don't want you to be listening to this and going, oh, well, Tony said I could go do it. And then you trip up and you go, back onto your hard porn on the internet. That's not the case here. What I'm talking about when Elise and I got that and picked it up, it was before I was off of pornography and I've looked at it and viewed it since. 
but I think it, it is one of the most more tasteful books. It's a non-Christian book. There are not any Christian books out there. For the love of God, I wish somebody would come up with it um, and, and be tasteful and tactful about it towards a Christian audience. Mm-hmm. Um, we've looked at Karma Sutra books before. Not good. Well, um, and there are a lot of books out there that have um, pictures of real people. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and, and that's, and that's the thing. kind of in my mind that's questionable and i, oh, I no, don't really it, it i don't really need period. i don't it's really need to see other people yeah no, in no, any no, type it's, of position it's, it's way questionable um so you don't want to go down that road um again we haven't seen anything man if you're a graphic artist out there and you'd like to put something together like that or I if think, you know I think, of a book geez or if you know of a book i think i think you got a great little marketplace to um to talk to let us know because we will tout it and we'll put it up on the website because oh, and we'll use it ourselves we'd love to look at some new stuff um so it's it's one of those things where we want to have this fun time and you sort of got to get out of it because nobody mom and dad isn't sitting there teaching you how to do this you know my parents my parents barely even taught me about the birds and the bees Oh, that was like such an image I didn't need to have. Right I know, there. but I had to share it. Um, so for Elise and I, I mean, we picked up the joy of sex uh, and that has helped profusely in allowing us to look at different things, other ideas that we are able to share with each other. And I will tell you, for me, it is very satisfying and very um, just erotic to be able to talk to you about that. I don't have to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to go to the internet and dream this stuff up anymore in this fantasy in this fantasy land. Because I can discuss it with you, mm-hmm. my beautiful wife. And there's nothing better than that. Right. And so there's this, it's just, it, when I was thinking about this all week long, um, I had many ideas and it just sort of all has melded together and I'm hoping we're making sense or I'm making sense because I I think there's just some, there's a direct correlation between the usage and the talking. I, I think you're right. And so because there's no talking about it or lack of talk about it or the same thing about it, there is this, there is this other side of it where the guy is going, well, I need to get satisfied somewhere else, which then in turn, it becomes a circle. Then it comes back. He's not, he's not satisfied or he has no desire for his wife. So then his wife doesn't, she doesn't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. She's wondering if there's something wrong with him or her or her. And it becomes this sort of vicious cycle. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that played out in our own marriage. We saw that in the couple that we spoke with mm-hmm. um, earlier this week. And it's definitely, it's one of those things where, you know, both sides have to be willing to step out. Um, True. And, you know, I completely and wholeheartedly agree with the baby steps um, in terms of the conversation. And we talked in an earlier podcast, I can't remember which one it was, but um, where, you know, you only do things that are comfortable for both parties. But, you know, almost like we had our state of the marriage talk this week 
um, about it. You know, it was not a sexual issue per se, um, although it no. did impact our intimacy. You can very easily say, you know, we need to sit down and just we need to have a talk about our sex life. We, we need to talk about what's going on physically between us. Mm-hmm. What what do you desire in the bedroom? Uh, on both sides. This is not just a husband saying, this is what I want. Or a wife saying, this is what I want. It's, you know, it's both. What? No, I, w- I want to read. Oh, are you there? First Corinthians. Yeah, whenever okay, you're ready. Um, you know, it's saying, what makes you feel good? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, maybe it's a conversation at the dining room table like we had the other night. So you're not sort of in this place that maybe feels like it has too much pressure or, you know, there's this expectation, you know, have a coffee talk over your sex life and just say, you know, what's, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. I I would, I would like more or I would like different or keep the conversation safe for the two of you. But just like we were having the conversation this week and we were both open to listening to each other. We might not have agreed with what each other was saying, but we were open to the conversation. Do the same thing with your sex life. In all honesty, your girlfriends or your your best buds should not know more about your sex life than your spouse does. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't know anything about it. You know, Personal. I mean, that's, uh, not not no, they shouldn't know anything about it. I mean, but. you can tell them if it's wonderful, but yeah. you know, getting into the nitty gritty with your friends. Can I read this? Sure. All right. So in First Corinthians chapter seven. Uh, three through six. Uh, if you have your Bible, pick it up and get it. Read this with your spouse. The husband should not deprive his wife of sexual intimacy, which is her right as a married woman, nor should the wife deprive her husband. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband. And the husband also gives authority over his body to his wife. So do not deprive each other of sexual relations. The only exception to this rule would be the agreement of both husband and wife to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so they can give themselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, they should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt them because of their lack of self-control. So that, to me, we both have authority over our own bodies. We give them to each other to have sexual intimacy with one another. If there is a period in time when we do not wish to when we do not feel that we are there, we go into prayer, but we come back together because the last line is we have sexual intimacy together. So Satan does not get a foothold and Satan in this respect, in my mind is the other wives. It's the pornography. It's the strip club. It's the soft porn. It's the massage parlors. It's the long looks. It's, it's all that stuff that Satan gets his hands in. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is like, like I was saying before, the numbers for guys is about 50%. It, you know, there's about 50%. So when you walk into church and you're looking around, one and two, just, just what it is. On the female side, it's about 20%, and that number is growing steadily. So... If there is a problem, if you have a problem, it is time to start realizing that it's time for you to seek help. Time for you to speak up to your wife because what we desire for you guys is that you have 
amazing sex. It is what God wants us to have. Mm-hmm. He does. I mean, he wants it. And, and Elise and I are a testament to that. I, I mean, the first 11 years of our marriage, I, honestly, I can count on, on one hand the number of times that I said, wow, that was good sex. No kidding. How about you? Uh, probably. It just sounds very pathetic when you say that. I mean, it was, but I still. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, now, since we did the 60 Days of Sex Challenge, now, I mean, heck, I can go look over the past month. Over this past week, I can count two times. Well, that's good because we only had sex two times. <laughs> well, I know, but that's two out of two. Uh, yeah, now I think so, now so I think we've reversed that that you can count on, you know one hand the number of times that it hasn't been good. So. I mean, it's it's to the point of just like holy cow. I mean, it's <laughs> it's like wow, this is what God has intended for us to have, right? And it, it's it, it's a point of being just so excited and joyful that we have come this far mm-hmm. and to give it up to God and go, thank you for taking us out of this hole and showing us what true sexual intimacy is about. Right. Say, you know, and so a lot of that has come with realizing that we, that I needed different positions, Elisa's ability and willingness to try different stuff um, for us talking, for me realizing the, the detriment that pornography was in my life to my soul. That was a huge, huge part of it. Um, and, and so I, I think it's all this, it's all one, it's a lot <laughs> and I'm sorry if, if I'm all over the place tonight, but it's just, it, it's all, it's all a big jumble, but it all sort of comes together now that I, that I look more into this and I realize more of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, what are you willing to do for your sex life? I, I mean, if you're not satisfied with how things are going right now, what are you willing to do? Are are you willing to open that communication door and say, you know what? I, I want to have an amazing sex life with you. And you can pray for that. You can. It works. You, it, it, if you're at a point right now, and I'm not kidding. If, you, if you're this far into the, into the podcast and you're sitting there going, Tony and Lisa, I hear you guys, but I can't do that. It's not going to happen it's in my gonna marriage. It's not going to happen in my marriage. There's too many issues. There's this. There's that. You're coming up with the excuses. I'm going to ask you, man, or gal, wherever you are, just stop. Put this on pause and pray to God. Get on your knees and pray. Mm-hmm. Tell God where you are right now. I'm, I'm certain, and I know he will hear your prayer. And... By opening up. And if you need to say, if you're by yourself, I'm going to even ask you to say it verbally, vocally, open your mouth and speak the words. 
Because when you speak the words to God, you are opening them up. You are shining a light down upon you. No more can this. No more can Satan get his hand, his foothold into your life, and stop you from desiring the sexual intimacy you want. Audibly speak it and just tell God where you're at and what you desire. Because it's through Him that we, Elisa and I, are here today. Not on our own. If it was on our own, we'd probably be divorced right now. That's or we'd have one heck of a crappy marriage. And that's and that's no lie. I mean, I'm not saying we're perfect. But I truly believe that God has put his hand upon us because we were willing to open our mouths and just go do something, God, because we are sinners, we are a mess, and we cannot do it alone. You guys know I'm passionate about this. You know I'm passionate, one, that I don't want you viewing pornography and crap. And two, you know I'm passionate about having good sex. And you gotta get rid really? of the, you gotta get rid of the first to have the second, because your spouse, either one, if if either of you are doing it, or you're having sexual deli- desires for another man or another woman, your spouse catches you. They know it. You're cheating on them. And so, you need you need to figure out what's important in your life. And I really hope so when you when you pray this prayer, that it is that you need to. Focus on your spouse and you need to focus on you getting rid of whatever crap you have so you can have the sex in the bedroom you so desire. Mm-hmm. So you can talk freely about it. Now, if you don't have any of the issues and, you, and there's just a wall, pray that you can start talking openly to your spouse about what you do desire and that your your spouse will receive it in a way that will be gratifying to both of you. And if you screw up, you know, like you do a position, it doesn't work and it just becomes a sort of laughing fit. Been there. (laughs) It happens. And sometimes you just got to laugh about it and then just go, you know what? Missionary, let's get it done. (laughs) Next time we'll try it again. It happens. But don't, man, don't take yourself so seriously. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, we've had lots of laughable moments over the last couple of years. And and the fact that the communication is there and, and we can talk our way through and, and laugh our way through, depending on the circumstances, is a testament to where we are and where we've been. Yes. And we've also done stuff where you don't feel comfortable with it. And you've told me audibly. Tony, that doesn't feel right. Right. Or you've pushed my hand away or whatever it may be. It's just, it doesn't feel right. We have also though, after that point I've asked and I said, what was up? You liked that before. And and it's more of a, just right now I wasn't into it. Whatever that. And, and you know, on both sides, give yourselves permission to do that, to say that, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not a rejection. No, it's just, you know, if it's not right now or if it's not ever, like that's never going to be something I think I'm going to be comfortable with, then say so. Right. And if you're the one hearing that, 
give that the respect it deserves. Mm-hmm. If your spouse is able to say, you know what, I really don't think I'm ever going to be comfortable with that idea. Okay. That's fine. They are able to communicate that to you. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. And, and if they say not right now, don't badger them over the head with it. Every time you try and have sex, give it some time and then say, you know what? I was thinking about this. Would you be willing and if the answer is still no, that's okay. They're not saying they don't want to be intimate with you. They're just saying that idea is not working for them. Right. And, and those are two totally different concepts. Right. And, and as you talk through these things, you're going to find desires and you're going to find, well, you know, maybe we can try this. You know, those are going to be things that come up in conversation or I've always thought about this or, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to make love to you in the candlelight. Yeah. You know, or I love it when you wear lingerie to bed. Yeah. You know, sometimes, really, it's the little things. Or guys, it might mean just manscaping yourself. That's true, too. You, you, I mean, yeah. It, it's I, not, you know what? It, <laughs> we, we talk about this, and we got to wrap this up here soon because we know you guys don't have all day to listen to us, but I could talk about this forever. <laughs> Thanks for the roll of the eyes, babe. Well, they, they don't want to listen to you forever. I know. Um, You know, our wives are also visual beings and they desire us to look good too. So, you know what? It might mean manscaping it up a little bit. It might mean dressing it up a little bit. It might mean getting fit a little bit, you know? Okay. Do you want to define manscape for people that are listening and have no idea what that is? Just a little trim down below. Oh, well, some people, I, oh. mean, I know what it is, but some people oh, okay. listening might not. You know, it's like when we mentioned podcasts to some people and they look at us like we've got three heads. <laughs> like, I don't know what that is. I just Man, feel like we yeah. should, you know, not everybody knows what manscaping is. Escaping the, escaping your, your private area. Okay. That's all? <laughs> well, again, I know what it is. Okay. This is for the benefit of our listeners that don't. Okay. So that I'm just saying, everybody always loves to say, oh, guys are visual and this and that. So their wives have to do everything. Well, you know what? Your wife is visual too. Last time I checked, she had two eyes. God gave them to her, and she can look too. So uh, let let's uh, let's man up here, guys. I, I appreciate that. You know, call out to all the men out there. To I'm just I'm just fired up tonight. I'm just you fired are. up. But I, you know, from a visual standpoint, I will say, okay, this is kind of a funny thing. So you're hanging on the hand, uh, the monkey bars tonight at the park. We took the kids to the park. Yes, and. Tony's trying to show the kids how to do this one thing. Anyway, so he's hanging there and his arms, no joke, they were like all muscular. I mean, he's... Did it turn you on? It was, you know, it was very visually appealing. All right. I mean, it wasn't that it turned me on. Like we, we better end this podcast so we can go have our talk. <laughs> <laughs> really? We need to talk tonight? We can chit chat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like we've kind of talked, you know, talked it out. We have talked it out. Okay. So... I hope you guys liked this podcast, episode 30, another milestone for us. We've done 30 of these things. Wow. Episode 30 and 600 fans all in the same week. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. And it's all because of you guys. It is. It it truly is because of you guys who subscribe to the podcast, who forward it on to your friends, who say you love listening to us, that we just come here every week and talk about a married life. Yeah. You know? And... Over the 30 episodes, I, I would have to say personally for myself, and I'm just sharing this with you guys, is that I've let down a little bit more, and you're going to probably hear a little bit more from the heart because I think sometimes in the past I was a little more 
tense and not sure where to talk, but you know, right now I, I know one thing and that's God's telling us and telling me in, in particular that marriages are here and we're here to fight for them. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If it wasn't for him, ours wouldn't be here. So we're going to glorify him as much as we can. And I hope and my prayer for all of you who are listening today and who have gone to your knees and have audibly spoken that you desire something different in your bedroom, sexual intimacy in your bedroom is that it happens and that you can speak from the rooftop and you can shout to all your friends and to all your neighbors and let them know that God has made a difference in your life and in your marriage. And that is not something to be ashamed of, but something that we can rejoice in every day because that is what God desires. Sex in the bedroom. We love you guys. Pick up our book. Strip down. Donate. We love it. And um, have a fantastic week. Love you guys.